It is now time for Ant and Nick to press play. Hello and welcome to episode one of Ant and Nick Press Play. I'm Nick Bowden. And I'm Ant. Ant Belton. Hi there. And each week we'll be going into excruciating detail about an episode of a TV programme that you've probably never even heard of. Excruciating. So I'm currently up in Sheffield. Where are you, Ant? Uh, I'm in a small town of Corby in Northamptonshire. And we're talking to each other via the magic of the internet. Yep. Uh, we went to uni together, studied performing arts, uh, a.k.a. watched a lot of telly. A lot of telly in a very small room on a very old school CRT television. Ooh, um, big fat telly. Yeah, we went to University of Bedfordshire together um, for, for three whole years. So if any of our former classmates are wondering what we're up to now, um, this. This is it. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, Ant, but... I have noticed a complete dearth of podcasts where two guys talk about a TV show. Yeah, there's none. None at all. I saw a gap in the market and I thought, I know. It needs to be done. Yeah, there's not enough podcasts around. Seize the opportunity. In particular, there's not enough podcasts about this particular subject. We are going to be talking about the BBC sci-fi crime drama? Crime traveller. Exactly. It's not just crime, is it? (laughs) No, it's not. It's everything. It is a crime drama, but my God, is there a twist? Oh, there's a massive twist. Mm. I think it, it sounds like a show where the title was thought of first. Yeah, and then they... <laughs> and they reverse engineered it. It's a, it's a nice pun. It tells you everything you need to know. When you're too late to catch a thief... He got away. This time you are out for good. What if you could solve the crime before it happens? Excuse me for asking, but what exactly would you use a... By transmutable transmuter four. To dry my hair. Now there's a new secret weapon. A time machine. Michael French stars in Crime <laughs> Traveller. New drama on BBC One next Saturday, ten past eight. Is that it? That was it. So, I can remember it from the time, but I never actually watched this programme. Uh, now, you and I, Ant, are into Doctor Who. Yes. And it's one of those shows that's always described as something that filled the gap that was left by Doctor Who. Rather than kind of being interested in all these shows that were Doctor Who-like, I think I just took against them immediately because they weren't Doctor Who. So I never pursued it. I just thought, oh, God, why don't they just make Doctor Who instead? So now, a mere 22 years later, <laughs> I'm finally giving it a go. And yeah, it's good. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get into it. Um, yeah. Okay, right. So we'll see you next week for uh, episode two. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, so Crime Traveller was uh, broadcast on BBC in 1997. It starred Michael French as the enigmatic detective Jeff Slade, Chloe Annette as the brilliant science officer Holly Turner, and it also starred Sue Johnston as the detective chief inspector Kate Grisham. The series was written by acclaimed screenwriter and author Anthony Horowitz, and it only lasted one series, which means that we've only got eight episodes to talk about. So, I think uh, we've delayed time uh, long enough. I think it's time for us to press play. A lot of time. A lot of time going on there, Ant. Is this a subtle reference to what we're going to be looking at? It is indeed. Um, I think it's time we press play on Crime Traveller, episode one, Jeff Slade and the Loop. 
of infinity. Okay, let's start. Let's talk about the episode. Are we going to discuss the theme tune? Oh, yes. I feel awful like this. This isn't... I'm loath to slag anyone off for this. Uh, right, let's just critique it. And, and okay. before we go so into So I it, just want to put a disclaimer that we are not having to go at anyone's work on this. No. And because, who are we to know? Um, we don't work in television. We can't judge. And, and you know what? It's a product of its time, mm. the theme song. Yeah. It's that orchestral... Composed by Anne Dudley, who um, I've just realised I, I actually have seen before. She conducted the orchestra for a show that Bill Bailey did when right, he was okay. doing comedy about the orchestra. Yeah, and, and that makes sense because it's very orchestral, yeah. uh, the music. It doesn't... There's no there's no real sense of urgency to the theme. Um, but, you know, it's... <laughs> well, maybe, um, maybe we should start by just playing the theme tune now. Yes, I agree. Okay, here we go. Uh, goes on a bit, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, man, I've got a headache. Oh. <laughs> That's the thing. I think back in those days, opening credits just went on for ages. That's about uh, a minute long almost. Oh, it's, it's too long, isn't it? And, and I know people say that, oh, themes have changed. I've got shorter. We're not allowed to do long ones. Nobody wants long theme tunes. It, it needs to be snappier. Mm. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's slow. It doesn't give an impression of the episode. Well, the episode that we've watched doesn't give an impression of that at all. No, oh, and I do wonder what brief she was given for that theme. Interestingly, I did see that it was when Anthony Horowitz was writing on Poirot that he got the idea for this show. Yes. Uh, yes. I don't know whether he was thinking <laughs> about Poirot going back in time for one episode. I think there was a lot of theme songs on BBC around that time that were very similar. Poirot's ITV, but yes, I understand. It reminds me of Poirot specifically because of the saxophone element. Yes, to the crime yeah, traveller theme, and I think the actual the strings and the the more the orchestral bit is fine. But then there's this saxophone, and it, I think I mean it's great. There's there's so much going on in it, yeah. but I did want something a little, as I say, a bit more urgent, a bit more. Yeah. It's very mysterious. It's almost like something that you would expect from like a CBBC program about somebody with magical powers or like the Queen's like the Nose Queen's sort notes. of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but just when you think it's going to end, it carries on. <laughs> yeah, I think there's, it's 20 seconds too long. I mean, hmm. I actually didn't think that the, the video introduction itself was all that bad. Um, the actual title credits, as it were. Really? With a- I mean, it could have done with a couple of faces. Well, um, uh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> it's got a clock exploding. Like it. <laughs> so that's good. That's when the theme starts. Yeah, well, it is. Stop. It's about exploding time. Yeah. But got then it. you've basically got, like, almost clip art of, like, a chalk outline. <laughs> and then, like, a, I think an, it's eye, got an eye in negative. X-Files. 3D X-Files text. Fine. Love it. Um... <laughs> 
Take the music away. Love okay. it. But interestingly, in the incidental music, when you hear bits of the theme in that, that's fine. I like that. Mm-hmm. Works well. I yeah, think it just needs some urgency yeah, I... because it is a crime drama. It's, it should be faster, 100% faster. I don't understand what's going on. It just needs to be building to something, yeah. like something's about to happen, because that's what they do throughout the, the, the episode itself. It's a race against the clock, and it, there was none of that. <laughs> there was a clock. Yeah. She definitely got the clock. So I've only watched this one episode. I want to watch them one by one. Same. So I don't know how the series ends. Um, I don't know what the plot development is. I'm just speaking about this one single sure. episode. I have watched them all, but not in a long time. So, okay. like I said, I owned the DVD. I did own the DVD. I don't own it anymore. Uh, disc one went missing, um, sadly. Um, and, uh, yeah, still, still torn up about that. So I've watched them. So it must be about, it must have begun on 11, 12 years since I watched them last. Even then, I mean, that's, that, that's, so that's quite a while. And I honestly couldn't remember a single thing when I watched this back. Um, so it's, it's very good. And as I say, watching one at a time, uh, weekly, I'm itching to get going with it. Um, it's very, it's very difficult not to just push ahead, especially yeah, as, you know, we're a generation of just binging <laughs> stuff and, and going straight through it. Um, but yeah, kind of picking this apart. I've watched it a couple of times now and it's just. Yeah. It took me a couple of viewings to actually get the full extent of the plot. Well, yes. Which we'll get into. As an opening episode, it's quite, it's both complex and simple. Well, I like the fact the episode starts. Straight into it. They're getting out of yeah. cars. What's well, going on? Well, it starts with a clock. Big close-up of a clock. Time. Remember, we have nothing, not one shred of evidence that ties Silverman to this so-called Mansion House murders. Except we know we did them. Yes, Slade, which is why this is a watch-and-wait operation. We only move in if we think it's going to run, understood? Yes, Chief. Right, Chief. Slade. With you all the way, Chief. Well, that makes a change. Right, let's go. Um, There's a couple of people in this group who don't seem to appear later who are on this case. I don't know if they're just to fill out the numbers. Uh, So Sue Johnson is the... um, What do you call it? The head of the the police... The gov, the gov, she's, she's the, gov. the gov. And she plays a lot of those parts. Um, I think she was in Walking the Dead, she played that as well. I think it was, wait, was it wait? No, Waking the Dead, sorry. <laughs> Can you imagine, like a crime zombie? Um, that'd be amazing, to be honest. Um, of course, she'd be most, well, she'd be recognisable to a lot of people as uh, Barbara from the royal yes. family. Yeah, of course. Um, but no, she's, she's, a, she's a, a gaffer in this. She's very stern, very straight to the point. Slade. Um, there's a very clunky bit of uh, expositionary dialogue at the beginning. <laughs> they get out of the car, they congregate, and um, Sue Johnson, who plays uh, Grisham, she's called. Uh, I don't know the first name, I don't know if it's mentioned actually, but she says, not one shred of evidence that ties Silberman to this so-called mansion house murders. Yeah. So we know everything we need to know. Yeah, and I think, yeah. <laughs> Straight into it, it was. We're straight into it. They're at the train station. And which station is it? Just says station. No, it doesn't say. say. <laughs> station. I was trying to work that out, actually, which one it looked like. I don't don't think it's King's Cross or anything like that. Uh, really difficult yeah. to tell. It's Got Who it. knows? Who cares? Maybe one day we can track down who the knows? filming locations and have our photo um, taken. Well, yeah. Um, so Slade, now we know, we can tell from this little bit of dialogue that he's a bit of a... Maverick. It's a bit like he just doesn't care. 
He's the cool dude. He's like, yeah, look at me in my jeans. <laughs> I think he's wearing jeans in this, is he? Am I right in saying he's wearing jeans? Of course he is. Yeah, it's the 90s. Exactly. Everyone's, <laughs> everyone's wearing very light jeans and very big shirts and jackets. And there's a couple of bits inside where they're inside and obviously they're trying to apprehend the uh, the guy that's in yeah. there. So they're doing an undercover mission. Uh, they're the most conspicuous group of people. I don't know if, <laughs> if somebody said, acting conspicuous, and then Jeff Slade just got confused and thought it meant the same, like flammable and inflammable. Well, he's having a cup of tea, isn't he? <laughs> or a coffee? <laughs> yeah, but very like with his elbow up, you know, <laughs> looking side to side. We've got um, another guy just like, with his uh, walkie-talkie just, like, waving it around, chewing, you know. Oh, I can't see anything yet, gov. Am I <laughs> right that's saying that's... Mo- is that Morris? That's yes, Morris, yes. That's he's been Morris. Glad I've got that. Um, surname or first name, I don't know. I assumed it but was his hates, surname. But he hates Slade. He hates David Wicks. There's also a guy... I don't know if you remember him. He was... He played uh, Peter in The Chronicles of Narnia on BBC. Right. Somehow managing to look even younger ten years on. Is this the curly-haired guy? Of course it is. It's the eight-year-old curly-haired boy who's a police officer who's got his, his big coat on and he's he's looking around really uh, from side to side, wrapped, wrapped up in his big coat, trying to hide his walkie-talkie. I can, um, ooh, I can see him now. He's by the cash machine. Yeah, it's a bit annoying. Do you know his name? Um, I do. Yes. What, the actor's name? Or the character's name? Either or. Because I've put curly-haired tart. The, exactly. The actor's called Richard Dempsey. Uh, the character, I had to look at the end credits to see his yeah, name. Yeah, they don't really say anything. Um, I don't think it's ever mentioned. He's called Nicky. So they're trying to catch this guy, Silverman. I thought it was Silverman, is it, like Sarah Silverman. Was it not? Who's this massive, like, big tree trunk of a man. Isn't yeah, he? he's quite bald. He's quite obvious. Again, conspicuous. Yeah. He's just wandering around. And then, and then Chloe Annette appears, doesn't she? Yes, true. So, no, no, I've completely forgot that. But yeah, out the corner of his eye, Jeff notices something. Holly. It's Holly, isn't it? Is it Holly? Holly. She's called Holly, yeah. Yes. But we don't know that yet. We don't know who she is. No, sorry. Sorry, I'm spoiling it for everyone. But she's wrapped up in a massive black coat, again looking conspicuous. Oh, and, and Jeff just looks like he's seen, I don't know, he's well confused. I didn't know if he was just like, had his eyes on the ladies and maybe they didn't know each other, but they do know each other. Like, yeah, so he has recognised her because he knows her. He's not just... Looking at skirt. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's that sort, isn't he? That sort. So Silverman spots them, obviously, because they're obvious, and makes a break for it. Grisham's at the top of a escalator going, Oh, how? How on earth did he see us? How did he know that we were... No. Uh, Shouting it, yes. Fine, okay, whatever. Now, we're less than two minutes into the show, not yes. counting the theme tune. Jeff's gone rogue. It's running, running away. Jeff's gone rogue. I think we have to make a section about this. Maybe I'll drink a shot every time Jeff goes rogue. Yeah, definitely, because he's going to do that a lot. Um, he sees him running away, and he goes, I'm going after him. Yeah, no questions asked. Running. Grisham's like, Slurred. No, but can I just say a phrase? Yeah. Excuse me, sir. Can I help you? <laughs> I've got that written down. <laughs> right. This one... Poor extra that has to say that twice and then nothing else. <laughs> Excuse me, can you help you, sir? That's terrible. Says it twice as Silverman runs past and then as Jeff runs past. Because clearly they don't need help. He should have worked it out when he saw Jeff following. He should have yeah. thought, right, they're connected. 
Not, oh, sorry, can I stop you running after that man to ask if you need any help with a platform or something? Excuse me, sir, can I help you? Yeah, t- too much going on there. Yeah, so Silverman gets into his car and starts driving away. Slade mm. just goes rogue again, nicks somebody's motorbike. Well, he can, he's police, he can do that. Nicks somebody's motorbike and basically drives anywhere except for the road. Yeah, and I've made a note, is he drunk? Because... It seemed like he'd been drinking. I think there was some sort of... Was he having an Irish coffee? I don't know. Yeah, he must have been, because he's all over the place. Flower stall, gone. People carrying boxes, gone. Um, Over in the cafe. Ah! Yeah, I'm not a fan of this bit. Grisham says later, by the way, that this chase cost thousands of pounds of damage uh, and and put people in hospital. (laughs) Who was in a hospital? Well, the the ones who who were having a cup of coffee outside a restaurant and got smashed into by him on a bloody motorbike. Awful. Um, So he's gone, he's gone properly rogue. And also he follows Silverman into a multi-story car park. Yep. And this is the big showdown, isn't it? As it were, going up. Nowhere to run Silverman. What are you going to do? Just plow into the motorbike. (laughs) Plows into it and then right off the edge. I don't know what he expected. Yeah, fine, plough into Jeff Slade and kill him or whatever. But he must have known there was a sheer drop into a river. He didn't mm. care. I think he's got problems. Um, that that mm. was my main concern here, because he just kind of went over and looked, and I thought, that guy's dead. That guy and, is dead. And then he went into the river. Jeff looks out, sort of like, <laughs> they've all caught him up by then. He, uh, <clears throat> he got away. He didn't get away, did he? Well, he no. he's dead. Exactly. Well, they they sort of skim over that later. They, they do. Just go, he's dead. Oh, he's dead. They do. Dead. Okay. So thousands of found thousands of pounds of damage. People in hospital, and as Grisham points out, no body because the river is still being dredged. Yeah, he's dead. Kill I would have man. thought they would have found a car. Do they have to dredge for that? I don't know. Especially if they know exactly where it landed. It's not going to float away, is it? Well, no. But because of that. Jeff's only gone and got fired, hasn't he? No, oh, of course he has. <laughs> he was too rogue. She's like, I can't have you doing this anymore. I'm sick of you. I don't even know how you got the job in the first place. Get out. She can't fire you. She just says. Which has been completely unreasonable. Silberman was a monster. You wait till you see the papers tomorrow morning. He'll be an innocent victim and I'll be the monster. Grisham's overreacting. I mean, nobody is asking the most obvious question. What was Silberman doing at the station? Holly... Please, if I could turn back the clock and go and ask him, I would, but I can't because he's dead. If you don't mind, I've got some typing to do. Bad luck, Slade. Yeah. Um, are you going to have a leaving party? But then, whatever his name is, the curly-haired yeah. guy, Percy. Yeah. Nicky. Nicky. Um, <laughs> he should have been a Percy. Yeah, he looks exactly like a Percy. He does look like a Percy. That's he, a name you don't hear anymore, isn't it? Yeah, indeed. He then does a weird quip to him, doesn't he? And that's when he looks like he wants to kill him. See, Jeff's got fired, but he's got to write up a report first. If I was him, I would just drag that out until I can receive pension. Yeah, Just exactly. writing that same report. <laughs> Presumably, though, it seems like this is the kind of thing that happens to him daily. But he, he treats this report like he's got detention and he's got to do lines, you know. We're then introduced to Holly, aren't we, at this point? Um, because she's yeah. kind of in her medical office? Is she some sort of medical examiner? She's, oh, what is she? Scientific officer, isn't that? I don't know. Okay, yeah. 
So he's got to do his lines in his detention. She asks him a question about Silverman and he goes, well, you know, I wish I could turn back time and ask him, but I can't. I can't and, do that. Yeah, Not possible. We know. We know. Well. I mean, I wish I could. I wish I could turn back time, but I can't. Can't do it. Not possible. Um, yeah. So Holly goes home to her um, little, to her flat, presumably. Sundown Court, isn't it? Sundown Court. They've got, um, presumably, a caretaker. Danny. Of the, of the building. Yeah. Danny. Uh, she asks him, oh, um, have I got a package? He goes, yeah, sure, there you go. UCX Electronics. That's the one. The, the man said it was a bi-dimensional transmuter. Is that what you were expecting? Yes, that's right. Excuse me for asking, but what exactly would you use a bi-transmutable transmuter for? To dry my hair. Very odd packaging, did you notice? No. Triangular. Well, that's what trans things transmuters look like um but then she gets it out and it's pretty much a cylindrical object which is even more confusing maybe that's all the sender had Toblerone packaging so this is where we see that holly's got a little secret in her apartment oh it's a big secret it's not little it's a big secret it takes up most of the room of the main room it's not very hidden is it my main concern here was the electricity bill. That was my main concern of something like that, especially in a, in a flat. Um, I thought, causing some issues. And it does cause some issues, doesn't it? It does cause some issues because she puts the, this new, she takes an old one out and she puts a new one in. Mm, like replacing. And beeps some buttons. Obviously, we, it's not a spoiler. It's a time machine. We know this now. Oh, 100%. One of the best time machines yeah. ever made. Um, very interesting design. Sort of looks as if it could be sort of real. It's, there's no sleekness to it, really, is there? Well, that's what I mentioned earlier about about this being almost based in reality. There's a load of computers. There's, like, things wired to other things that shouldn't be wired to. There's a load of, like, bubble wrap with blue lights behind it. Designed well. And, weirdly, this this stuck out to me, a laptop. Ooh, really? One of the computers she's got is a little laptop. Um, I'll have to go back and look. Yeah. I thought, oh, that's interesting. I thought, from the perspective of actually performing the time travel I thought it was a really good effect um, for the time that you're probably going to disagree with me again but that's fine <laughs> I thought that, that that wall washing you know kind of the light going down the wall from the, from above that yeah nice. we do see a bird's eye view of this room and it's essentially she's in the room the machine does what it does and then she is back in time she goes back so now as a viewer we're kind of seeing what's going on I'm not quite sure that what she does she goes back goes into that room does she get the stuff or spook him or something along those lines, isn't it? She follows him to the left luggage desk, which is in a back corridor, and she spots him. And instead of just sort of pretending that you also go into the desk or just walking past and ignoring him, she makes a big show of it and goes, Is this the way to Platform 3? Platform's all up that way. <laughs> but yeah, I had to, I had to rewind that yeah. to see. Little does he know he's going to die. Little does he know. His last words on this earth. Mm. Now, I, I kind of missed that bit because it starts on a close-up of the left luggage desk and then it just pans down to this corridor. So I'd only remembered the corridor. And I was like, well, what does that say? But turns out she's got a bit of a lead on this. Next thing you know, Holly's coming back into the station. Jeff's writing up his report. How many M's in plummeted? Two. You sure? Hmm. 
you double the M on the monosyllable if it comes after a prefix beginning with a vowel, provided it isn't a long vowel or an R. Silverman's car fell into the river. No spell check in those days, presumably. I'm sure there was. I'm sure that paperclip used to do it. And instead of <laughs> instead of just saying two, obviously, <laughs> there's some sort of grammatical rule. Okay. Slade's having none of it. He's bored with it. Yeah. He's the Johnny Vaughan of the crime department. But we all know you, we all know he's going to ask the same thing the day after. Instead of just listening and learning, he's going to ask every single time. He doesn't need to learn. I've got time for that. I've got crime to detect. I would imagine normally he would bully um, Percy. Percy. I forget his name. Keep forgetting. Nicky. <laughs> Percy. And, 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 and get him to do the reports. Um, yeah, exactly. Can you slight, write my reports? Slight hazing. <laughs> A Holly walks in with the bag that Silberman left in the left luggage. How she got it, I don't really know. Maybe she just said, I'm well, a police officer, um, give me that bag. This bit is clearly done just to set up that yeah. the, the viewers know what can be done. I suddenly thought to myself, what was Silberman doing at the station? He certainly wasn't there to take a train. Why not? Because he had his car parked outside. So then I asked, what else do you get at the station? Answer, left luggage, and that's why I decided to check it out. And this is what you found? This knife? I've managed to lift Silberman's fingerprints off the hilt, and there are at least three different blood types on the blade. It's the knife he always used. What more evidence could you ask for? Grisham's impressed. I mean, do you know what I would have done? Maybe looked at the CCTV at the station. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> before, but... before going back in time. Um, there might not have been any. Um, yeah. Nine ninety-seven. Uh, don't think they had cameras then. Jeff's a bit suspicious. <laughs> Jeff's suspicious. Oh, they had spell check, but they didn't have CCTV. No, no CCTV in nineteen ninety-seven. Um, I know. Jeff's suspicious now. Well, that's it. He's putting two and two together. You were there, weren't you? Where? At the station this morning. Oh, no. I saw you. But at the same time, I knew you were also here. Strange, isn't it? You get to know someone. You like them. You trust them. I can't tell you what you want to know. Why not? Because I haven't told anyone. You haven't told anyone what? You wouldn't believe me. Try me. I mean, she's obviously bursting to tell somebody, but would you tell Jeff? He's notoriously unreliable. Well, nobody would believe him because everybody hates him. And um, he wouldn't be allowed to do this now. He touches her um, on the shoulder, um, but it's quite affectionate. So I was kind of thinking to myself, maybe there's some sort of backstory there. Maybe they have um, been intimate, but maybe not. So he obviously wants to tell this secret. They do it over a coffee, presumably, or tea. Um, In a restaurant, fancy restaurant. In a restaurant. Now this... (laughs) This is a very interesting little shot. Um, obviously, this conversation has happened off camera, so we just get Slade's reaction. I mean, God bless him. He might as well have just looked in the camera. <laughs> he corpses a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does a little grin, a little grin. He's trying to spit. I don't know what take this was. Maybe it was. Maybe he'd done it a few times. He spits his tea back in, in the classic way that somebody tells relevant information just as somebody's having a drink. But you know what? You know what? Michael French 
Yeah, he's always had that sort of acting in everything that I've ever seen him in. Mm. So, yeah, he, it's like he didn't take it that seriously. And yeah. It's great. You know, it, it works quite well. Um, but well, yeah, that Michael French has gone rogue as well. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. He's going to do a big smile around, and looking together. Laughing. Mm. <laughs> so this is when Holly talks about that she has a time machine, oh. that her father, no. Professor yeah. Frederick Somber. Turner... Invented Could we it. have some somber music? Somber, um, yeah. I'll put some. I'll try and put some music in. <laughs> because this is where it really could do without Michael French or or Jeff Slade, sorry, being his laughable self. Mm. Um, quite a bit here, smarmy. Because um, it's her granddad, isn't it? I'm right in saying that. Um, uh, no, no, Frederick father. Turner. Father. 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 Even, yeah. Even worse. Even, even worse. Yeah. It's just. Oh, he's gone. My father was Frederick Turner. Professor Frederick Turner. Was? Yes. He's gone. I'm just trying to finish what he began. That's the only reason I'm working in the department. I have to earn enough money to carry on his work, experiments and time travel. Do you go into the future? Don't be silly. How can he travel into what doesn't exist? But then she starts laying down the rules of time travel. So obviously he's sort of asking... Yes. Kind of taking the piss a little bit. So it turns out we can't travel into the future. Wow. That's rule number one. You know what? I always thought that, and I don't think I've thought that because of this show. At least mm. I don't think so. I always thought if we ever did invent it, we wouldn't be able to go forward. We'd only ever be able to go backwards. Yeah. Um, it depends what you think time is, really. We see it linear, but who knows? Yeah, exactly. Nobody knows. So no travel into the future, and no traveling into the distant past either. No. Slade says something about history. And she goes, well, it's not really history. It's like... Yeah. So here we're laying the groundwork for, yeah, we can only do slightly um, mundane things. We can't do anything massive. Yeah. We can't save the world. Um, but we can stop criminals. And, and you know what? That works perfectly fine. So Jeff's still not really believing it. He says a very nice line when um, she walks off because he doesn't believe her. But I... <laughs> oh, forget it. I shouldn't have wasted my time. Never mind, Holly. You can always travel back and give the whole conversation a miss. Very nice. Yeah. Um, uh, he, he doesn't care. As far as he's concerned, she's trying yeah, to buy time and there's, there's another She's secret. doing something weird. Oh, by the way, we just missed... There's a quite a gratuitous uh, shot of the napkin of this place where they're, they're having yes. a tea. Well, they have to point that out. Yep. Yeah. Massive letters, Giovanni's. And she, Chloe Annette almost holds that to camera as well. Oh. It is very strange when you have to get something... In shot or... In, yeah, yeah, in a shot in a certain part of the frame or something, a bit of exposition. And you do find that you are almost flagging it up to the camera. Um, yeah. There's no subtlety in this, though. No. I think it is... But we've uh, got to remember Giovanni's. And do you know what? We do. Just like we noticed that um, at the start with that big clock and that bit of clunky <laughs> <laughs> dialogue. It's because when when Holly goes back, we hear that dialogue again again and so we know i remember this it sticks out so well done anthony horowitz anyway jeff's back jeff's back on the team Mm -hmm. because he solved the silverman case so he's got a new case new case so nikki comes in he's got a case now this is where my eyes glaze over a bit because this crime is so boring (laughs) it's so boring From here on in, it's a little bit of a slog. It is boring. There's a suicide. Blows his own brains out, they're saying. Um, It's Terence Hardiman. Terence Hardiman. Or or shoots himself in the head. Demon Headmaster. The Demon Deadmaster. 
himself. This will have been roughly the same time as that, presumably. Yeah, I think so. Um, he hasn't very... really, I've seen him recently, he hasn't really aged, I think, because he, he had grey hair then, didn't he? The black eyebrows, yeah, the grey hair. Then. And he's pretty much He's absolutely terrifying. Now. As a human being, he's terrifying. Quite gaunt. Uh, he's got a little, think... uh, little moustache in this as well. Yeah. Um, very, very stern. I know he's dead here, so he's not saying much. Mm. So, um, basically, this thing, this man, Guy Lombard, Terence Hardiman, um, has committed suicide at his desk, and the seeds of doubt are because that night he's due to have a business meeting with a Japanese company mm-hmm. um, who are going to... Buy kahunas. Yeah, to buy the company or do a merger or something. Now, this company uh, is aviation-based, so they've got, like, an engine that's really silent that's, like, a brand-new innovation. So they're like, well, why is that's weird? He was going to be £25 million richer, and then he's just committed suicide. Well, it's not really an open-shut case, is it? Yeah, and that's what Jeff Slade thinks. He clearly thinks something's not right. How do you know it's suicide? Um, gun in hand, bullet in head, locked door. It looks like a textbook case. Depends which textbook you read. Again, it's the Jonathan Creek thing um, I felt here. It very much was like, oh, it's a locked room mystery. Here we go. Exactly. Um, and that's, it's, it's fine. It's what people liked at the time, and it, it's, it's really fun. Um, <laughs> now, Grisham tells Slade to look into the caterers. It's quite important, because, this, isn't it? Because um, yes. there were some caterers. Guy Lombard lives in this big stately home. And the caterers were caught trying to leave soon after and again it's the obvious dialogue it's like (laughs) pointing out at us and the caterers are being held in the bathroom and Morris is the one that is guarding the bathroom so (laughs) if you can get anybody to do it let's talk about Morris Morris, well I put um, he had a cooler nature and initially I thought he's gone for a shit and I don't think he's the kind of man that washes his hands I assumed he'd just gone for a wee well, it's later on then that I realised that probably did just go for a wee. But look at him. Look at him. He looks like he stinks. Slade goes to deal with mm. the caterers and then finds that the bathroom is empty. And that's where we find out that Morris left the room unattended for a, a call, call of, of nature. nature. Pee, poo, who knows? But I think that will be revealed later <laughs> on. And that was the real question I had at this point in the story. <laughs> that was the real crime. Uh, oh, I hope he gets a disciplinary. <laughs> That's not okay. It's not. So, yeah, to just leave an unlocked door. <laughs> For people that quite clearly quite important suspects, Morris. Um, Morris hasn't even seen them, we no. found out later, but he's just literally gone to stand the door. Oh, I've just been asked to stand at the door. It's my job. Fine. Yeah. Ah, great work, Morris. You've been guarding an empty bathroom. Slade? What? A clue. Thrilling. Giovanni's. That's where you had lunch. Oh, yeah. Have you been in here? No. Then how did it get here? When Slade's up there looking at this empty bathroom, uh, we meet um, a very interesting character, um, Guy Lombard's son, Michael Lombard. He's awful, isn't he? I mean, just awful. Looks like he's wearing a wig, but I don't think he is. No, I think (laughs) I think he's just got 90s hair. Very thick, comb-back, fluffy bouffon of a hair. If you can imagine, I had hair like that in the 90s. There was a lot of people that had that similar sort of style. It doesn't suit him, though. No, he looks like a puppet, doesn't he, a little bit? So he's Michael Lombard, guy's son. Uh, doesn't seem very upset that his dad's just um, nah, been shot him, <laughs> or shot himself. Um, when they're in Guy's office, he's still 
at his desk. He's got his eyes half open. He's got a bullet shot in his head and the gun on the desk. And they're just talking. They're just they're just giving the briefing. Yeah, it's a bit weird, isn't it? And he's just there. There's where's the forensics? Where's the body where's bag? The, the dignity? Where's, where's the... getting him out of the area? He's just sat there, dead. <laughs> very clean to say he's been shot in the head. Very clean. Very, um, very clean wound indeed. Yeah, almost like he's just lent on a pencil. And he's still sat upright. He's not even slumped forward. He's just completely upright. Yeah, sorry. So Michael Lombard recognises Jeff, but not as Jeff. This is a great bit. This is fantastic. Well, sir, what are you doing up here? Sorry, you're talking to me. Well, what are you doing? What's going on? My name's not Wilson. What do you mean? You were here this morning. Who are you? I'm Michael Lombard. You know perfectly well. Wait a minute, are you saying you've seen me here before? You came here this morning for the catering. Jeff's like, what? <laughs> What's going on here? You can see he's thinking, he's thinking. I mean, let's put yourself in that situation. That somebody with a bad haircut has come up to you and said, you were here earlier when you weren't. But this guy's quite adamant that he was. I mean, in, And calls you by the wrong name as well. Yeah, in real life, you would think... Either one, you had lost your mind, or two, this person was on drugs, right? I don't know how I would cope in that situation. I wouldn't cope the same way as Jeff does. He doesn't (laughs) seem to care that much, to be honest. (laughs) Well, I mean, nobody seems to care. Michael Lombard doesn't care that his dad's dead. Jeff doesn't really care that he's been identified as somebody else who was here earlier in the day. At the very least, he's got a long-lost twin. Yeah, it might be mistaken identity. Maybe he's thinking, oh, no, he must have got me confused. A lot of people did look like that in the 90s, though, didn't they? Maybe. Maybe there's someone that looks a bit like me. Oh, it's somebody else with a big jacket and a very, very short fringe. <laughs> but this is obviously the jigsaw piece to fit in together. Yeah, exactly. And Jeff goes to find Holly, who's just doing some shopping. And has no time for him. And actually, this is unfair to Jeff because she sort of gives him the cold shoulder a bit because he laughed at her earlier. Mm. Like, what do you expect? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's a mental thing. You've given information that bends every physical law we know. Yeah. She's acting like she doesn't want to know. And just because he hasn't immediately believed it, she's like, I'm just going to look at this frozen chicken instead, actually. And again, I loved the shop scene. I've wrote that down. Loved the shop scene. I was trying to work out what what store it would have been. I mean, that's very sad, but... um, yeah, I loved it. And and there's a there's a particular shot where we've got an old style till system, an old style one. And I thought, yeah. what a beauty! Oh, that really got me going, to be honest. Um, but you know, you're quite right. She really shrugs him off. He's very keen, and enthusiastic, isn't he? Because he literally goes, "Yeah, so I've decided I believe you now. So uh, let's give it a go." <laughs> well, <laughs> immediately. Clearly, he's, he's, he's collecting on. There's too many things today that don't add up, and there has to be a real time machine. So he's ready. So they they both go back to Holly's apartment, mm. passing a bookies on the way. <laughs> oh, yes. Jeff asks about the score of something that he's missed. Uh, not being a sport person, I have no idea what he was asking for. Uh, was, it, uh, was, it, yeah, was it football? It may have been football. It may have been... Horses? Maybe it was horses. Nah. I don't know. He asked an old man and he, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was just fine. Oh yeah, right, fine, I know yeah. that. So, they go to Holly's apartment and Jeff sees the time machine. Doesn't care. Holly doesn't want Jeff to go back in time. Well, the thing is, I completely understand where she was coming from. I thought she clearly has some sort of relationship with this guy um, and doesn't want him to be dead. Which is quite a nice thing, I think. 
you know, don't want him to die like her dad. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> so, um, so they, they go in and again, she talks about various laws of time and highlights why Jeff shouldn't be trusted <laughs> with them. <laughs> he can't even obey the laws of the country. So what's he going to do with the laws of time? Oh man. Yeah. It's like, why are you giving this guy this much power? It's like she she really hasn't thought this through. One of the main things Jeff Jeff asks a lot of good questions in this, like natural questions that you would ask. We learn a bit more about the laws of time. Um, one of them is that you can't change the past. So anything that has happened in the past will, will always happen. And I like that. You That's can't good. prevent crime. You can only observe. Fine. How far will it send me back? No way of saying. Could be a few hours. Could be a week. A week. How will I get back again? You wait seven days. Simple as that. You just live the same seven days twice. Do I get to meet myself? Not unless you want to cause a temporal schism. Oh dear, I don't want that. What else do I need to know? We have to be back at the machine at the same moment, and I mean the same half second that we left. What? If we're late getting back, we'll be trapped in a loop of infinity. Always living the same days, travelling back in time and doing it all again. And can I just add, from this point on, Holly becomes insufferable. Because... (laughs) From this exact moment. Yeah, because she really does have a stick up her arse. And I understand why, because her dad died, or we think he died. But she's really, really got a stick up her ass about this countdown. Um, and it's, it's, yeah. it's insufferable. I also don't know how she knows what would happen in the infinity loop. No, it, it's all very interesting, isn't it? Unless she's met her dad or, but yeah, I understand why she's concerned. It doesn't mean, it doesn't annoy me that she mentions it all the bloody <laughs> time. <laughs> She she changes her mind pretty quickly because she goes from no Jeff you can't go back to you can go back once and once only Jeff. Uh, as she's closing the um, the shutters of the window to start the process, they hear a car crash outside. Yes, there, here we are, and it's Danny's car, the car, the caretaker's car, yeah. the caretaker's car. Danny, the caretaker's car, has crashed outside. But they haven't got time to even go down and see if he's all right. Got it. She just shuts the window straight away and powers up the machine. Presumably, if they don't shut the windows, um, the rest of the world goes back in time. Is that... I don't know. It might just... Something happens when she shuts the door. Like, it must just seal it in. Uh, we missed something earlier, which is when Holly went back in time earlier on. That's when Danny's TV and electrics were on the blink. Yeah, like I said, it, it really it almost shorted out the entire apartment block. I mean, that'd get complaints. I don't think she'd be able to have that in the flat, to be honest. I think there'd be a health and safety officer getting involved, and I think yeah. there'd be a lot of a lot of tape, and she'd probably be in prison. But hey, I don't know how many times she's gone back in time. She obviously got this new um, bicentennial transmodulator, whatever it's called. Yeah. She must but how often it. does she use it and how often does Danny's TV go on the blink? Yeah, and how often has she used it to benefit herself, you know, to get the position she's mm-hmm. in? Presumably so. But Imagine how many people's VCRs reset themselves. <laughs> oh, God, do the bloody clock again. Oh, oh, I missed it. God, I've, I've not recorded it. Oh, never going to see it. Um, so they go back in time. They don't, obviously, they're in the room already. Jeff's just sat on his chair. And the machine starts. Now, I think my issue with this is, I think this should have been when we saw the process. It's a tough one. We had it spoiled early because Holly, we saw it with Holly earlier. This should have been the time we should see it from Jeff's perspective. I think they could have done with having a pilot episode. 
and that pilot episode would have extrapolated maybe on the first because there's a lot going on as we know in this episode um, to take in on two like, stories this whole Silverman thing is a completely separate exactly that's just gone that's just completely it's separate it's like they crammed the pilot into this 49 minute episode to explain it I do agree I don't think we should have seen it now yeah. but hey here we are so they've they arrive very funny line from Jeff is that it? that was it what did you do photocopy us? Because that's what photocopiers look like, isn't it? It's got the light going yeah. up. Well, yeah, maybe. Very clever. Yeah, he's a little quip. He still doesn't quite believe, but then he sees his watch. His watch is a different time. Yeah. They go outside. They see Danny cleaning his car. Which is... Jeff immediately puts his foot in it by going, um, didn't your car just... No, no, Slade. Shut Are you... Up. Shut up. Still gives him a little bit of advice to drive safe. Unlike me, don't kill anyone. Drive safe, mate. Don't drive through a cafe like I did. It's not a good one for giving advice, really, is he? It's, it's, uh, yeah. He needs to Weirdly, like, I don't understand what they went back in time for, because um, obviously she says, you can't prevent the crime, we can't do anything. So I think Jeff says something like, do you not want to know who killed Lombard? And Holly goes, no. <laughs> yeah. <they're> just, <laughs> so, <laughs> because I think this could have been... That's the whole point of the case. Because <laughs> I think this could have been solved without the time travel. Yeah, I quite agree. I don't know why they've gone back in time, but they have to. Yeah. It's part of the story. Listeners, get your shot glasses ready because Jeff's about to go rogue again. Oh, here we go. <sighs> he sees the catering van across the street and uh, decides um, to go to the caterers, point a gun at them. Oh, man. Say he's from the um, he Food Standards Agency or something like that. Who gave this man a gun? Well, this is a point that actually people say, for some reason, this department's got guns when they shouldn't. Wow, I mean... But then he's rogue, so who knows Who knows if it's just his gun. True. Um, And then they kidnap them. They literally tie them up. I put this... I've made a a note. Mental. You're tying people up. Mental. Holly says this, like... (laughs) This is not okay. (laughs) As the first thing you do in the past is (laughs) kidnap people, point a gun at them. And drive away in them. Do you know what I may have done? Yeah. I may have said to them, hello, uh, I'm with the police. Which he is. We're about to investigate a crime at the place where you're going. Can we borrow your van or can we come with you? Or something like yeah. that. You don't have to say any specifics. Because they could have just been extras. No one's going to say, how did you know a crime was going to happen? They're not going to say that. And if they do, then shoot them. <laughs> with your gun. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel connected to Jeff here, Jeff Slade. At this point, I kind of thought, that's a horrible thing to do. He's tying innocent people up. I yeah. don't like this man anymore. Which, mm-hmm. from a viewer's point of view, is a bit, it's a bit of an odd one. Cause I thought, I don't really like him and I don't care what happens. Maybe we're meant to be thinking, mm. I hope he doesn't get back. I hope he doesn't get back in time. <laughs> oh, he's trapped in the infinity loop yeah weird do you know what actually the title of the episode suggests that the two are going to be related in some way <laughs> yes but they're not but that's beside the point uh, I'll tell you what would make us like Jeff more is by meeting someone who is ten times worse as a human being <laughs> Guy Lombard <laughs> yeah very true I'm very glad to see you Mr Wilson did you do the sushi Yes, it's uh, it's in the van. Good. You can start by cooking lunch. Let's get a taste of what you can do. We eat at one fifteen. Mrs. Wilson can do her cheese souffle, can't you, my darling? What? Cheese souffle? Oh, right. And you can bring me up some coffee. Might as well use you while you're here. Right. Guy. Ah, 
There you are. Where have you been? Having my nails done. Another action-packed day. This is Barbara, my wife. How do you do? She'll show you the kitchen. All set for tonight? Yes, dear. These people are important. Make sure you don't talk too much. They've, uh, they've changed their clothes. I don't know if they wear the clothes of the caterers or what, but they, they change into different... Yeah, outfits. I think it's caterers' clothes, isn't it? Yeah. So and not... they go and say, Hello, we're Mr and Mrs Wilson, the caterers. Yeah, weird. Uh, and he immediately goes, Bleh. Well, get me a coffee. Bleh. I hate you. Oh, this is a very important day yeah. for me. So that's, I think that's, he's that bad. So we go, oh, maybe Jeff's mm. not so bad. <laughs> but then Jeff does this thing where he goes, no, you can do the cooking to Holly and just leaves mm. her to it. Well, this is where we find out that Holly can't cook. <laughs> right. You better get started on the old souffle then, Mrs. W. I can't cook. I beg your pardon. Are you telling me you can build a time machine but you can't cook a cheese souffle? You've got your priorities all wrong. Right, now then. I wonder where they keep this coffee. Nice line from uh, Jeff again. He's got some very good lines today. Um, this is where it would have been good to bring the real caterers with yes, you. And just been in the background and have them in on it. Yeah. But to be actually, I don't yeah. know how to cook a souffle. No, neither do I. And I think I think I'd be able to do a lot more technology-wise than make mm. a, make a souffle. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Jeff. I disagree. Uh, is it here? I think it's a little bit later on that she has the abomination of the souffle. The thing is, yeah, they're in disgust, but there's no nothing else really mentioned about it. No. But we get a backstory about uh, aeroplanes and aviation and all that, which is boring. But no, we don't hear anything about the repercussions of the dinner or the food. Um, Skim over it. So Jeff, while she's making this souffle from nowhere, Jeff goes to investigate. And this is where we meet Mark, who is um, Guy's business partner. Mm -hmm. But the Japanese aren't interested in aviation. They never have been. They'll just take the new engine designs and close down everything. That's not my problem. Come. Ah, my coffee. About time, too. Just put it down there. What about the people who work for this guy? We've got people who've been with us for 20 years. People who worked with your father. My father gave the company to me, and I'm selling it. (laughs) No, I'm going to do it my way. We've also met Barbara, a uh, guy's wife, who is also rude to me. Yes. I hate you. Uh, yeah, the idea is he um, hates women. Um, great. Um, Holly's making a right mess in the kitchen. She's burning toast. She's. Oh, she can't make a souffle. <laughs> <She's>... <laughs> she can't make toast. <laughs> and also, when it's burning and Jeff pops it up, she just puts it on the plate anyway. Instead of going, oh, I'll just do that again quick. Just... Yeah, I mean, burning toast is Funny, tough. fine. But again, again, Jeff doesn't care. Jeff just doesn't care. Holly lives on her own, presumably. So what does she do? What does she actually do? It's interesting because she clearly doesn't have takeaway. Guy's family also don't want him to do the deal either. Everyone thinks this is a bad idea. They're trying to talk him out of it. So there's a lot of, I don't know, there's a lot of potential suspects, I guess, for the person who actually shot Guy. Hmm. He's rude to everyone. They all hate him. I was surprised it wasn't Jeff, to be honest. Jeff did just shoot him in the head <laughs> when he goes, go get well, my coffee. And bear in mind, bear in mind, I've seen these before, but at one point I thought, maybe he does kill him. Because as I say, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't seeing Jeff in the best light here. It was Grandpa's business, not yours. 
He would never have allowed you to sell out. I do not talk business at the lunch table. I don't believe you're doing it. Guy, you did promise Michael. What do you know about anything if you can't wear it or eat it? That's a horrible thing to say. Souffle. So, the souffle is served. Rubbish, but funny. It's very shallow. It's a big pot, very shallow. It's not risen. Dumped on, attitude from Holly. Grubs up. She storms out. And I just thought, wow. We learned earlier that Barbara, Guy's wife, has a gun in the bedroom. And that they believe this is what he was shot with. So Jeff goes, just ignores all that thing about time before. He's gone rogue again. Get your shot glasses ready. He thinks he can change it. Yeah, of course he does. He gets the gun, takes the bullets out, lobs them both into a tree. (laughs) So much for your laws of time. Fine. Okay, you've proved your point. Now let's go. Hang on a minute. What? The lamb. What about it? It's not broken. When I got here, I mean, when I get here, that glass was smashed. So it gets broken, so what? Yeah, but how? We've got to go. Slade. So he looks for another gun. He goes into Guy's yep. office, starts rooting around, only gets oh. caught, doesn't he? He's not very good at detecting, is he? If he just gets caught. He's a bit loud. He's not subtle about looking. No, he's, he's not. very loud. Um, so he gets caught by the demon headmaster, who... Pulls out his gun from the filing cabinet oh, next to him. There's always a second gun. Points it at Jeff. Oh, there's another oh, gun. No. Um, the second but gun. But this, <laughs> this is quite funny. Mr. Murato, the Japanese businessman, phones. And Guy basically just says, I'm too busy <laughs> to shoot you, so get out. I mean, there is a lot of money at stake. Uh, so he does. I would normally shoot you in the face, but I've got a business deal. I should call the police. Normally I would, but... Uh... I can't be dealing with scum like you. Not today, of all days. So get out of my house and think yourself lucky. Mr Lombard, you've got it all wrong. I'm only going to give you this one chance. One chance, right. OK, right. Mr Murata? Yes. Oh, yes, I'm looking forward to seeing you too. The papers are all ready. But we may have to go out to meet. That's the only real consequence. Yeah. Is it? Oh, no. Just nothing. While Jeff's outside earwigging on this conversation, somebody slips into the office and shoots. Pew! Silent. But who was it? We don't know. So Jeff needs to get into the office. So yeah, he needs to see. Can't meet, I think the door's locked. He just can't help himself, can he? Going rogue again. He's thinking, I've got to look. Shot glasses, everyone. Jeff does parkour. <laughs> <laughs> he goes out of one window. Inches along the outside of the building. This is a bit drawn out. Oh, in that he slips on he every single step. <laughs> there is that impending doom throughout all of this bit. Because Holly, just before this bit, is going, come on, we've got to get mm. back. But she's saying, like I said earlier, she's saying that too much. I still think there's plenty of time yeah. at this point. They had ten hours. <laughs> yes. And it's going it's going very quickly, it seems, because she's already looking at what's going for. Well, at this point, I think they must still have hours left, surely. They must do. Mm. And, and she's already like, come on, come on, we might hit traffic. Yeah. Oh. He's going, no, I've got to go along the outside of the building. Got to do it. Now, this shot earlier wasn't 2pm. And also the lamppost wasn't shot. Mm. So there's another shot coming 
We know this. I think Jeff knows this as well. He's inching along, gets to two o'clock, shot fired. And then he falls. <gasps> Jeff falls onto some sort of garden swing. It's or always destroying stuff, isn't he? He's just... But then he's knocked out. He's, yeah, he's knocked out. He's roused by Holly, who immediately says her catchphrase. <laughs> we have to go! Presumably, he's been... He's got a little cut on the head. Has he been knocked out for a while? It's a bit... I don't know, maybe. Well, it got past ten hours somehow. Maybe he was out for five hours. I don't know. But he didn't get shot. No. He didn't get shot. This is the thing. The shot was just fired randomly. But it's the lamppost is shot. That's yes. how that yeah. happened. It's all Jeff's fault. Meanwhile, Grisham and the rest of the gang are talking to the family, whose father slash husband slash business partner has just died. And everyone's sort of... Cares. Just a bit... Oh, yeah, it's a bit... Mm. Oh, well. <sighs> he was always so kind to me. So generous. I, I still can't believe. It's all right, Mother. And did you ever argue with Mr. Lombard, Mr. Reddy? Never. No, no, no. We always saw things much the same way. Will you be taking over the company now he's gone? No. No, that would be me. It was um, very much what my father wanted. Mark's covering his tracks going, no, 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 we never argued about anything. Yeah, suspicious, yeah, isn't it? Likely story. Very We've just suspicious. seen you. So they've got to go. They're on the way, but they get stopped by a policeman. Oh. Just as they're about to go, he goes, I can't let anyone go. It's shut down. This is, again, where I think Jeff could have just pulled his badge out yeah. and gone, oh, I'm a police officer. But, so, um, but why doesn't he know him? I mean, shortly they're from the same, you'd think they'd be from the I same. I don't know. It seems like quite a drive away to this place, so maybe they maybe don't know. Maybe not, but... So instead... Shot glasses ready, everyone. <laughs> instead, he just punches him. <laughs> Slade. Will you relax, Holly? We've got plenty of time. It's a 30-minute drive. Can I help you, sir? Officer. Is this uh, your van? Yes. We're the caterers. But it looks as if dinner's off. So we're going. So we're off too. I'm under orders, sir. Nobody is leaving the house. Officer. Get in. Get in! Oh no, the keys. I left them in the kitchen. And this is when they're caught and escorted up to the bathroom. It was them oh, in the bathroom all what along. A, what a thing, what a swerve. Morris doesn't look in, doesn't no. see, fine. Goes for a shit. Jeff remembers this. So he's like, we must have got out of here somehow because we weren't here before. So, And he goes, oh yeah, the call of nature. Yeah, so he peeks through the keel. Now this is why I think it's a we, because Morris is bent double yeah. holding his groin. No, you're quite right. Which would be quite worried, well, it would be the opposite way around if it was... Like I said earlier, this was the main thing that troubled me. And I thought, I hope we get an answer. Pee or poo? Pee or poo? Pee. Where he went, I've no idea. Oh, just in um, a plant pot somewhere. <laughs> we did the souffle. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jeff hears a car pull up outside and remembers that that is when he arrived from the other Jeff arrived. It's like a light bulb goes off in his head for the first time this episode. He, he suddenly thinks and uses his brain. For some reason, he's not been like this throughout the entire episode. But he gets very articulate and very understanding of the situation he's in and what they need to do to get out of it. And I thought, oh, this is completely at odds with your character. What's going on? Why are you suddenly working this out? 
obviously it's a Poirot yeah, moment. Like a detective. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's fine. He obviously needed to have that moment. Maybe he was just having a bad day. One of the laws of time earlier was that Jeff, well, or anyone, sorry, going back in time, cannot meet themselves. Hmm. Although it'd be catastrophic consequences. I don't know what. So Jeff can't meet Jeff. Jeff squared can't happen. Time Can you breaks. imagine two Jeffs? One's the worst human alive. Two of them in a room. (laughs) Before he remembers about Morris's call of nature. uh, I think they try and get out the window. And this is where we get the napkin element. Yes, back. Because for some reason, after all of this going around and making souffle and throwing toast around and all that kind of thing, suddenly Jeff, backing up what you were saying earlier, suddenly Jeff goes, oh, we better just wipe this fingerprint (laughs) off the window. Oh, we don't want any fingerprints, but I will just drop this napkin. And I will punch a police officer. So he drops the napkin, obviously. He doesn't even fit that together in his mind that he remembers it from earlier. And then Holly's watch beeps. What's that noise? One hour. And if we don't get back... What? The loop of infinity, I told you. Oh, yes, of course. But I didn't tell you about my father. Why? What happened to him? The last time he travelled, he didn't get back. He was late slayed and he got trapped. And that is exactly what's going to happen to us. But then Jeff remembers about Morris's call of nature. So they literally just walk out. <laughs> yeah. Morris is nowhere. They walk out. They slam the door. They're off. Uh, Jeff gets the keys. And then it's a race against time. To get back. That's all he keeps saying. Yeah. We need to get back. As they're leaving in this white van, the caterer's van, mm-hmm. they meet the real caterers in their van. Mm-hmm. Does that cause any catastrophe? <laughs> Two vans meeting each other. <laughs> Clearly not. The fan was like... They eh. recognise Jeff and Holly. They're like, don't let them past. But then they do get past. Yeah, they get past. Literally, no attempt is made to block them off. They just get past and go. And then the real caterers get arrested immediately. (laughs) Yeah, because they've drove back. A nice comedy cry from the lady, from the real Mrs. Wilson, I presume they're called. (laughs) Yeah, it's weird. And it's all a big joke, isn't it? All a big joke. But actually, those are real people getting arrested. Mm. I mean, how does that get So they've got 10 minutes... See, this is more like it. This is where Holly should have been yeah, right. Come I on, don't understand. Off. Not with six hours to spare. <laughs> she was like a nagging mother, wasn't she? And it was yeah. just a bit overdone. I was like, shut up. I, I just, going back to a, a viewer's point of view, mm. looking at this through those eyes, I, I wanted her to shut up and I wanted him to mm. die. So I was It's this thing that happens a lot. I think that the female character is made to be the one that sort of spoils the yeah. man's fun. I think what would have been nicer here is if she also had a bit more of an input on what was going on rather than sticking her in the kitchen a little bit. But I guess because he was the lead, that's the the route they went down. She's not a detective. I suppose she's a scientific officer. Something Something like that. Um, So they're, they're on foot. Now, the police are still after them. They have to run around the city centre sort of avoiding them. Again, to flash your badge. I'm another policeman. Yeah, uh, but they don't. They, they're running, they're running, they're trying to get back. Um, or shoot them in the face. <laughs> Jeff suggests um, splitting up, going two separate ways. Which is never a good idea. Oh, it'd be easier. Oh, it'd confuse him. Oh, yeah. Goes past the bookies. <laughs> yeah, this gives me a little idea. Which, I mean, <laughs> to be fair to him, he has been told it's a one time only thing. So he yeah. puts a bet on, even though there's like literally seconds to go. It's important. They're running towards the flat and. Right in the path of Danny's car. And Danny's car goes up on two wheels and, like, crashes into crashes. a bollard. Uh, it was it us. It was them that did it. It was us. 
There's no time to see if he's all right, Holly says, basically. Yeah, nobody cares about do that. Do that in a minute. Um, they go up to the thing, just seconds to spare. She puts this watch in and then the photocopier thing. Goes, and then they're back. They've made it just in time. Mm-hmm. And this is where we see that there are some slightly peculiar side effects from travelling back forward in time. Um, obviously, he's healed. Yeah, he's, his head's he had a wound on his head and it's healed. She's nice. I realised as I was uh, watching this that Jeff still never actually saw no, who he, shot Lombard. No, no. That's what I mean. They could have worked this out without doing this. Yeah, exactly. Because he actually uses his detective skills now. Goes to Grisham and says, it was Mark. Yeah. It's well, not, not really a twist, that is it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was Mark. Lombard was already dead at two o'clock. Mark Redding had shot him using a silenced gun a few minutes earlier. But everybody heard one shot at two o'clock. No, that was the second shot. Redding sets everything up to look like suicide. Key in the pocket, doors and windows locked. He then fires a second shot, this time without a silencer, to bring Barbara and Michael Lombard into the room. And where's he? He's hiding behind the door. There was an alcove next to the shelving unit, so Barbara and Michael don't see him as they come into the room and up to the body. A moment later, he steps out, and it looks like he's just followed them in. Credit to him, Jeff's worked all this out himself. So Mark's arrested, and of course, <laughs> as he's got his hands behind his back in the handcuffs, him, he was there, he was there, before I even shot anyone, he was there. He was yeah, there. and Jeff may as well go, lunatic. No one bats an eyelid. Yes, Despite the fact he's said it twice now. Michael said it, you were here earlier. And um, Mark's just said it. Because the thing is... No one bats an eyelid. In court, he's still going to be saying that. That, He's still going to be going, he was there. What's going on? Um, But, yeah, we just push over that. Move on. It's fine. I mean, there's more... (laughs) There are more witnesses than just Mark to to him being there. Exactly. (laughs) Like the policeman that got punched, for a start. Him. The caterers have got to be thinking something isn't quite right. The caterers saw him. Barbara saw him. Michael saw him. Yes. So it's all tied up very neatly. Jeff does another little quip. Remarkable detective work, Slade. How did you work it out? Well, Redding was unlucky. His second shot just happened to hit a lamp in the garden, and I noticed the glass was broken, and that's when everything began to make sense. (laughs) A broken lamp? You worked it all out from a broken lamp? It just took a little bit of time. And then we get another shot. This has happened a couple of times where Holly's just sort of looked at him <laughs> like very tellingly like, yeah, we time. We do time. Us. Yeah, we're time travellers. Imagine if that was your one shot. You've gone back in time and all you did was pretend to be a caterer in a big house. <laughs> yeah. That's all you did. And then ran along some streets. It's a bit boring, isn't it? Well, what surprised me, he didn't check the bet he made straight away. That is one of the first things I would have done. Nobody ever does that. That happens on sitcoms and all the time. Uh, he's so sure that we cut to them, Jeff and Holly, in celebrating in a restaurant. So he's gone away, got changed, and not checked. Not checked if exactly. he's won. What's going not on? Not checked there? anything. Not not cashed it in. I don't know how he was expecting to pay for this meal, which is what his plan was, with with just a betting slip. <laughs> Gonna shoot him, wasn't it? <laughs> he might as well. <laughs> Interestingly, in the restaurant, did you see that we, we have a bit of um, mirroring because there's a clock projected onto the wall behind them? <laughs> yes. But 
it's projected onto the corner of the room for some reason. Mm. So half of it's like TikTok and then the rest of it's like just scattered over these corners of this, like about four corners in the room. Um, very odd place to put a, a, mm. a clock. Um, nice There's idea. Lots of clocks in this. Yeah. So he's really happy that he's gone back in time, but I wouldn't be if I just went and got shouted at by the demon headmaster and then fell off a balcony onto a garden swing and then got a cut on my head, punched the police. He's done a lot. He's done a lot of things. He's done a lot. He should have known that bait and slip would disappear when that, when his cut disappeared. I mean, Holly said all this at the time. I don't know what he was trying to do. So Jeff orders this expensive meal, doesn't check whether he can pay for it, (laughs) but it gives a, a really nice closing line. It doesn't work like that. Putting money on a horse, knowing the result. You couldn't know the result because the race hadn't run yet. It's a paradox. So, that's a blank piece of paper. I did warn you. Time has rules, just like the rest of life. It won't let you cheat, and nor will I. Looks like you're going to be doing the washing up. I wonder if they'll let us cook. <laughs> Closing credits. What an end. What an end. Fantastic. There's a lot to get through in that. Bloody hell. Oh, man. It feels like I've gone through a war. That was a lot, wasn't it? <laughs> oh. It was a lot. On the second viewing, I appreciated a lot more the intricacies of what was shown earlier having been them in the past. Exactly right. It's really confusing. In fact, pretty much everything was them. Danny's car, uh, the napkin, Mm -hmm. the people in the bathroom. It was all them. And you see, I can only imagine that writing something like this is a headache. Yes. Because talking about it is also a headache. (laughs) Yeah, so kudos to him. Kudos to Anthony Horowitz. It's probably a departure for him to come up with something like that. It is very Jonathan Creaky. It's just a shame it was quite a boring opening crime. Yeah, so your thoughts, your final thoughts on this episode one. Well, I immediately wanted to watch the second episode, but I've I've restrained myself. I think it's very nicely done. I think Michael French is very uh, charismatic. He is. I think there's obviously some of the enjoyment comes from the fact that it's... He's a bit cheesy, isn't he? But it works. There's things to laugh at which probably weren't intended. A bit of the way it's directed and a few of the extras. Excuse me, can I help you? Um, but yeah, I find it very interesting. I'm excited to see where it leads. I thought it was well done. Honestly, I applaud Anthony Horowitz. I applaud yep. the actors in it. Apart from Percy. Percy I wasn't a big fan of. Um, <laughs> no. I would have enjoyed it more if the whole story had revolved around the Silverman thing rather than having two separate stories happening. Yeah, I... Because that just seemed more interesting. The Mansion House Murders. Yeah. In this day and age, obviously, people can re-watch things and go on forums and point things out to people. You know, potentially, people would have only ever seen that once as live. Definitely. So the clues in the exposition have to be a bit more prominent, I think so that we remember exactly what's happened. We remember the napkin. We remember the shot in the lamp. All -hmm. these things. So, applauds to Anthony Horowitz Mm -hmm. for making it accessible and just having a bit of fun with it as well. You know, like, I can say pretty much for certain as well that I think every single episode is probably going to have a race against time. Oh, I think Holly's going to get worse. I think she's going to (laughs) explode. I think Jeff's probably going to get worse as well. Yeah. Now he knows he can get away with it. He's going to be so slack. And I'm hoping there's one where he literally 
bursts through the door and places that on at the exact millisecond. I mean, there has to be one. Bearing in mind, I know I've seen yeah. them, but I can't remember. There has to be no. one where he meets himself. I know they're saying they can't, but they must have approached mm. that. Oh. The Infinity Loop was given much more prominence than it needed yeah. in the story title. Yeah. It got equal billing with Jeff. Yeah, it wasn't really needed, was it? Um, but hey, mm. I'm sure it was there just so people could see it and go, oh, this is interesting. What's an Infinity Loop? Oh, what's a Jeff Slade? Interesting. Mm. Uh, loved it. Loved yeah. it. Really good first episode. And maybe people listening have seen things or things have happened that we haven't mentioned. If you have, let us know. Be good to hear from you. <laughs> Yeah. You can email us. You certainly can if you have any observations or any suggestions for any shows that we should watch. You can contact us at antandnickpressplay at gmail.com. Yeah, we look forward to hearing from you. Mm. Okay, so we will join you next time for episode two, Death in the Family. <gasps> Ooh, how intriguing. In whose family? Bye now. Bye-bye. Don't get stuck in the loop. I'm <laughs> sorry.